Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for June 10th, 2019. Uh, this meeting happens normally at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific time on Mondays, uh, for the most part, unless there are U.S. holidays, in which case we may move or skip the meeting entirely. Um, I am Katni. I uh, am sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython development is sponsored by Adafruit, so please support them by visiting uh, adafruit.com um, and checking out what uh, all the things that we have um, that work with CircuitPython. Um, this meeting happens every week. Uh, we get together to um, find out uh, what's going on with everyone, to discuss what everyone's been up to. Um, the meeting is in five parts. Uh, we start with community news, where we discuss things that are going on in the community surrounding uh, Python and CircuitPython. Uh, then we do the state of CircuitPython and the libraries, which is a statistical overview of the project, um, where we'll talk about the core and then we'll talk about the libraries. Um, then we do um, hug reports, which is an opportunity to call people out for good things that they've done, um, because that doesn't happen enough. And uh, we, then we do status updates, which is a chance for everyone to take a few minutes and talk about what they've been doing over the last week since the last meeting and talk about what they'll be doing over the next week until the next meeting. Um, and then lastly, we have what we lovingly call in the weeds, which is an opportunity for more long form discussion, stuff that doesn't really fit into status updates, but that people want to talk about um, and uh, just, you know, long, like I said, longer form discussion. Um, just so you know, uh, this meeting is recorded. We record the Discord um, chat and also the audio. Uh, we make that available on YouTube and also on uh, many podcast services. If we are missing from your favorite podcast service, please let us know. Um, we are currently in the CircuitPython audio chat, and that's where this meeting is held. Um, and then those who uh, do not have microphones are able to type into the CircuitPython Discord channel. Um, we are also available all week in the CircuitPython um, Discord channel. So if you miss this meeting and you are interested in still getting in touch with us, come and say hi. Um, we're always around. So uh, with that, um, we will move on to community news. And for that, I'm going to hand it over to Phil. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you? Good. Um... Some news. Uh, first, since we all hang out on Discord, they've added a new feature, and you may have noticed these little pink jewels next to some of our names. Well, those are server boosts, and I clicked a button, and it says, "Great, you you boosted the server." If we get, we have four. If we get to ten of them, though, we get uh, more emojis, which is good. Uh, 256k audio, a server banner, it's a little graphic, and then 50 megabyte uploads for all of us. So I don't remember how I uh, got the boost to begin with, but then I give it to our server. So if there's any of you out there that have boosting abilities, um, boost a server, and then we'll get some of these these goodies. We're up to level one, and then we'll be up to level two. Next up, uh, we have a new newsletter. This is Adafruit.io Monthly. Uh, Brent's been doing a really good job on it. You'll uh, see this on our website, and we link to it in the CircuitPython, Python on Hardware newsletter. Um, but check it out, especially if you're doing IoT things. Um, there's a lot of CircuitPython and IoT in there. It's a good way. There's there's so much stuff going on with CircuitPython. It's um, good timing, because if you mostly focus on IoT stuff, well, now you've got an IoT newsletter that'll have a lot of CircuitPython things in it. Um, Reminder, 8.8 is CircuitPython Day. Uh, folks are already planning some events around the world. It's August 8th, which is a Thursday, and we got a request, uh, is it okay if it's Friday or Saturday, Sunday? Of course. Um, we just had to pick a snake-like day that was pretty close to um, no conflicts with any other events or things. So that's totally okay. So we'll have some more posts about that. And if you're thinking about doing some type of event or meetup, or even if you want to do something online, uh, let us know. And uh, we'll be coordinating before August 8th. And then last up, um, because we get asked in Discord quite a bit, we're almost out of boxes. We have only, I think, 50 openings left out of the thousands that we do. So I'm about to let everybody know that this, this is it. It's definitely CircuitPython theme. That's all we can kind of say. 
But if uh, if you wanted to get in on that, this is the last time before. Um, it'll probably be gone before the next quarter. And that is the community news. Thanks, Phil. Thank you. All right. Next up is the state of CircuitPython and libraries. Um, so overall, we had 18 pull requests merged from 15 authors. Uh, there are a number of names here that I don't believe I've seen before. Uh, N. Tavish, Bao Repo, uh, GR Dami J, uh, Elvis EPX, Jason Shelton. Um, it's always great to see new names. Um, so thank you very much uh, for joining us and contributing. Um, we had six reviewers. Uh, thank you to everyone who reviews. Again, reviewing is an amazing way to get started with CircuitPython. Um, it's an integral part of the contribution process, and it's something that you can do even if you don't know code. There's plenty of stuff available to review that involves just looking at syntax and or typos and that sort of thing because we make plenty, so <laughs> any kind of help is appreciated. Um, we had nine closed issues by eight people and nine opened by seven people, so we are net neutral there, um, but it's good that uh, so many people were involved in opening and closing those issues. Um, overall, we now have 4.0 stable, 4.0.1 stable out the door, um, which is giving us an opportunity to start moving forward with where we're going to go with 4.1 and or 5.0. Um, we're moving towards, we're moving back towards adding more Bluetooth support um, as well as uh, gaming support, um, which means improving display stuff and um, just overall like we were able to shift focus now that we've bug hunted everything and so far it's been very stable we haven't heard a whole lot um, in terms of the libraries um, we're still seeing a lot of new people um, and new contributions which is amazing um, please continue to do that we love pull requests um, and feel free to put them in early and often I, just because it's not ready to go doesn't mean you can't put in a PR if you want feedback. Uh, it's an excellent way to get feedback early on and make sure that you're on the right track. Um, so just let us know if you ever need help with that. Uh, and that's where we're at with the overall um, CircuitPython. And with that, I will turn it over to Scott for the core. Hello. All right. So for the core, uh, we had seven pull requests merged from Entavish and myself. Bow Repo, Elvis EPX, J Reese, and C47D um, we, from two reviewers, myself and Summersoft. So thank you to everybody there. Uh, we have seven open pull requests, which are listed in the notes. We'll not read those off. Uh, issues wise, we had three closed issues by three people and four open by three people. So we're net one for a total of 178 open issues. So about right. Um, in terms of milestones, we have two open bug fix uh, issues. And we have 40 open 4x issues, so we've got a lot there. Then we also have seven issues not assigned a milestone. So uh, I'll probably get that to that today as I go through email um, to get everything caught up. Um, Downloads-wise, uh, we have 401 and 40RC3, uh, which is our old unstables. Don't recommend people use that. Uh, 401 now has a total of 2,934 downloads. So lots of folks are trying that out, which is great. Um, download stats by language. I'm, I'll just read these off because I normally don't. But so out of the 2,934 total, uh, 2,668 of those were English, 7 were Indonesian, 55 were German, 38 were pirate, 56 Spanish, uh, 2 Tagalog, uh, 71 French, 8 Italian, 10 Polish, uh, 13 Portuguese, and 6 Chinese pinyin. Uh, just to give folks an idea of how that goes. Um, and yeah, that's it for the core. All right. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. So next up, we will talk about the libraries. Um, so we had 11 pull requests merged uh, from JardiMJ, uh, TG Techie, Anik Data, Sedacious, Cater Newson, Jason Shelton, Brent RU, and myself, um, and five reviewers. Uh, Maker Melissa, Scott, myself, uh, Lady Ada, and Brent. Um, we currently have 29 open pull requests, which is finally down um, a little bit, so that's good. Thank you to um, quite a few people who have been going through those PRs and making sure that everything uh, that's 
possible to uh, close and or look at and or review uh, is getting done. I want to give um, a special shout out to Di Harada, who has been uh, putting in a lot of effort to help us out both with um, his own PRs and uh, with closing PRs that should have been closed, closing issues that should have been closed. Um, we added him a couple weeks ago to the Circuit Python librarian's role on GitHub, and he has hit the ground sprinting. So it's been really amazing to see. Um, we had six issues closed by six people and five opened by four people, leaving us with 110 open issues. Uh, those issues are all available by library um, at the circuitpython.org slash library slash contributing link uh, that is in the notes, and I've also posted it into the chat. Um, right now, the updates are still being done manually, so we will um, eventually automate that. Uh, we're slowly running through the issues to get to where we need to be um, to automate that. So um, that's uh, that's where we are with that. And we've added um, something new to the uh, to the library section, which is the library updates in the past seven days. Um, this was admittedly a uh, selfish addition for me because it will make um, updating the newsletter much faster. But it does give us an option to at least the list this week is short, so I can read it off quickly. Um, we now have a new library for the DS3502 for CircuitPython. And then we updated the MCP230XX library, the ADS1X15 library, the Adafruit CircuitPython Circuit Playground library, and the ESP32 SPI library have all been updated. Um, so thank you to everybody who was, oh, and the Pi Portal one as well. So thank you to everyone who was involved in all of the updates. Next up is Hug Reports. So Hug Reports is an opportunity to call people out uh, for doing something good. It's sort of our counter to bug reports. Um, it, we took it from the internal Adafruit meeting where they go through um, and, and anybody can uh, call somebody out for something good. Um, so we decided to adopt that as well. It will be done in a round robin style. I will start uh, for an example and then we will move through the list alphabetically. If you're lurking, I will skip over you. Um, if you are mic or if you are text only, you can uh, type it into um, you can type it into the chat and I will read it off um, or you can uh, type it into the notes. And for those of you listening uh, who are not attending, um, you can always check out the notes document. Uh, we link it into the CircuitPython channel before the meeting and you can put in your notes and I will read them off as we get to you. So um, I will get started. First and foremost, I wanna thank Sedacious for helping me test the alert pin on the MCP9600 and bearing with me through my first time using an oscilloscope. Um, I wasn't sure whether the code was going to work and he suggested um, actually inverting the polarity on the pin instead of trying to get the threshold code to work since that was still an unknown variable. Um, and I was able to do that and verify that at least the hardware worked. Um, I wanna thank Roy for helping me break down an issue with the MCP9600 to being a, a fundamental issue with I squared C versus a failure in the driver, which of course is what I assumed um, and went in circles with that for uh, about a week um, before Roy helped me strip down the code and uh, figure out that it's not at all an issue with the library. Um, though we have eventually found out um, there were further issues, which I will discuss later. Um, to Lady Ada for figuring out I was trying to reference 16 bits of a 24-bit register, um, but it doesn't matter because in the end, uh, clock stretching. So um, to Summersoft for continuing to fight the good fight with automating the updates for circuitpython.org libraries. Uh, it's one of those things where we keep making updates to it and it sort of cascade fails. Um, where we figure out one problem and then the next one pops up. They just don't want to pop up all at the same time. And then to Dan, this is a late addition, for finding the errata for the MCP9600 chip and figuring out that it's an issue with the chip. And I'm shaking my fist. So that is uh, my hug reports. Um, next up is maker Melissa. Hello. Okay. Uh, first of all, give to for the presentation using the PyBadge code I wrote. Uh, one for Carter for helping with uh, some issues that cropped up uh, in the uh, GitHub repos. And just a group hug to everyone for 
having a great first week working full time and uh, there's just way too many small things to list. All right. Thank you. And congratulations again for joining us. Thanks. All right. A uh, couple lurkers and next up is Sedacious. Hello, 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 hello. I had to find the mute button. Uh, I've got a hug to Katni for slogging through the MCP 9600 and learning the hard way that sometimes the hardware is just wrong. Um, and another just general group hug for everyone being awesome. There's so many awesome updates and hug reports going around that everyone's awesome and everything is awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Um, next up is Summersoft. Uh, I'll reiterate that everything is awesome and just a group hug this week. All right. Excellent. Um, we have so many people today, I have to scroll. Um, next up is Tammy Makes Things, who is text only. And uh, they said hug report to Adafruit for making the feather and NeoPixel feather wing to all them to make a piece of animated pride jewelry. Excellent. To allow them to make a piece of animated pride jewelry. Nice. All right. Uh, and I believe that takes us to Scott. Hello. Uh, first and foremost, I wanted to say uh, thank you to Carter, Deshipu, Summersoft, and Maker Melissa for helping in help with Discord or help with CircuitPython Discord channel over the weekend. I just uh, just got caught up on that. So uh, thank you to those folks. Uh, thank you to Alejandro, PT, and Andon for the Discord Nitro server roost. So uh, I know a little bit more details. I meant to Google it, but I failed to. But basically, uh, Discord has like a subscription that you can do kind of on a yearly basis that gives you yourself some uh, extra superpowers in terms of uh, what you see on Discord. And now they also have a super server boosting that you can do. So like for one server that you're part of, you can basically kind of like sponsor them for uh, a month. And it's think of it like um, a Twitch, what does Twitch call it? Twitch subscription sort of thing where you like, you have a base subscription you're already paying and then you have like one free thing that you can give to whatever server you like. Um, so uh, it does, as Phil alluded to, it does, there are different tiers for servers. So the more um, people who boost, burst, boost the server, the more uh, things we can do, like increase the number of emojis and um, upload files, bigger files, that sort of thing. Uh, I think it's important to support Discord. That's why I'm a, a Nitro person, because uh, they don't have ads yet, and I'd love it if they stayed that way. So um, if you have uh, some money and you like Discord a lot, I'd recommend supporting them that way. And then you can support our server uh, through that as well. Um, and then uh, uh, thank you to all of our awesome moderators uh, for the extra vigilance while having uh, the Adafruit Pride version uh, of the logo of the server logo. Um, a couple or at least one thing's cropped up with that, and we've had a really good response for it. Um, Lemon from the uh, Python Discord server, which has a similar logo. Uh, also gave us a heads up being like, hey, I saw you change this. Beware that we've had some issues. And, and so we were have been extra vigilant about that, which has been good. Uh, I was <laughs> I thanked uh, in my notes, I thanked PT for the animated pride logo. But it turns out, uh, I think, according to Katni or somebody that the Discord user Aperture um, <laughs> uh, did the logo instead. So thank you to Aperture and whomever said it. Uh, not not PT. He doesn't deserve credit for that. Uh, he has he, <laughs> he deserves credit for like all, pretty much everything else. So, um, and lastly, I wanted to say thank uh, John Reese uh, for the RST to PYI um, stuff. If you're in the top level of Circuit Python now, you can run make stubs, and it will create Python stubs for all of our native APIs. Um, there's still a few quirks with it and bugs to fix, uh, but the goal is that uh, editors like VS Code and Atom can parse those files and do all of their autocomplete sort of things with them uh, easily. So uh, excited to have that happen. And I was brainstorming last night about editing code from phones, 
And I think that documentation and that structure that we're going to get out of that is going to be really important for it as well. So uh, thanks, John Reese, for that. And that's it for me. Thanks, Scott. Mm-hmm. Next up is Brent. Hello. Hello. Um, last week, uh, I just want to give a hug report to everybody uh, for keeping CircuitPython going and Lamore for helping me with some SMD sensing work. All right. Excellent. Uh, Carter is lurking, so next up is Charles. I want to give a hug report to those who are working on uh, the work on the MCP 23X17. 17, because that, that's been helping me with the cur- my current, some of my current projects. Thank you. All right. Dakota is lurking, so next up is Dan. Hello, everybody. Uh, so uh, short this week, I just want to thank C47D and GitHub for fixing um, uh, an issue with how we stored the wave, uh, the sampling rate of a wave file, and Kevin J. Walters noticed that. And I'd also like to call out Kevin for just being really generally helpful, both in Discord and in the forums, um, about people who are working in his area of expertise. He's been really uh, responsive to them. So thank you. Excellent. Okay. Uh, next up is Don K. Unless you are also lurking. Uh, sorry, yes, I am actually lurking here today, but uh, I will say a group hug to everybody because you do great work. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. All right, um, Ira Trace. Uh, just stepping in for the first time here, wanted to thank you all for your help and being such a great community to work with. Excellent. Glad you could be here. Uh, next up is Jerry. Yeah, um, uh, shout out to, to Adam McCombs for jumping in at the middle of the night to deal with the issue on the, the, the um, moderator issue uh, last week and uh, dealing with it quickly and, and efficiently. Um, and, uh, and also thanks to, to Adafruit for making the new quad feather wing kits. I really like them. Uh, it's nice to have an extra, extra slot for uh, plugging in my feather wings. It does eliminate the need to stack a doubler on top of a tripler. That's uh, got some pretty pretty complicated towers already, but <laughs> <that's> <laughs> right, nice. exactly. Okay, excellent. Um, and that is hug reports. So next up is status updates. Uh, status updates is a chance for everyone to sync up on what they've been up to over the last week or since the last meeting, uh, depending on timing, um, and. Um, also, uh, to talk about what they're going to be doing over the next week until the next meeting. Uh, it's also an opportunity for getting feedback on what you're doing, um, tips and tricks, um, any kind of, you know, quick help, uh, and anything that might turn into a longer form discussion, feel free to add to in the weeds. Um, if at any point in time during the status updates, you do have an in the weeds topic, you can either add it to the notes doc or you can just type it into the channel and we will get it added and then um, get to it uh, in order. There are already some in the weeds topics, so we will have um, a bit to discuss. So status updates is also round robin, same way I will start um, and then go alphabetically through the list. Um, This meeting actually started uh, as status updates with um, the core circuit Python team and uh, myself uh, before I actually worked for Adafruit um, as an opportunity just to sync up every Monday and make sure that everyone was on the same page for the course of the week and quickly turned into this amazing community discussion. Um, It's always great to hear what everyone's up to. Um, If you are up to anything, feel free to let us know. We've heard about bathroom remodels and other such things. Um, Doesn't have to be CircuitPython related. Uh, we would love to know what it is you're doing. And if you are working on any projects, um, simple or complicated, it doesn't have to be something crazy for us to want to hear about it. So feel free to let us know what it is you've been working on. Um, I will start. 
So last week, um, I got the guide done for the MCP 9600. It includes only Arduino for reasons I will explain. Um, I spent two weeks working on the MCP 9600 circuit Python driver, which ended up in a failure. Um, thing number one was that the temperature byte is 24 bits and not the 16 I was attempting to read. Um, issue number two, it was doing this thing where it reports double data. Um, so if you are trying to read two things, it um, returns the first thing twice and it returns the second thing twice. Uh, we fought with this for a long time until Dan and his amazing Google Foo found the errata for it. And it turns out that when it fails clock stretching, which we th which was what we thought was the problem, but didn't understand how it could be doing what it was doing, um, it very specifically says when it fails, that is how it fails. So hooray. Um, <clears throat> I guess the answer is at least it was not uh, the driver so much as it is, um, or CircuitPython, um, as it is the chip. So for now, we're putting aside the MCP9600 CircuitPython driver, um, and I guess I can delete the until we sort out the I2C incompatibility with CircuitPython itself, or leave it, I suppose, um, because the issue is with the chip. It's a hardware failure, and it was apparently updated in more recent versions, um, but not the version we have. So totally done with that chip. Um, so I did some form support last week. Uh, there are a few of us that are going to be picking up the CircuitPython Adafruit forum to cover that. Um, and so I got started with that. I also started the blog post wrap up for PyCon, which has turned out to be more involved than I expected, which I suppose I should have expected. Um, I was there for nine days and uh, a lot happened. So I've been trying to get through that. And last week we met with, um, Scott and I met with the Microsoft interns regarding a VS Code CPX simulator extension they're working on. It'll be, and we will be available as advisors throughout the rest of that process. Um, there are two weeks in and it looks amazing. Um, I think that they're doing some really great work. Um, and I think that us meeting with them really helped out. They were able to get some questions answered about what the goals of CircuitPython are and how that would relate to the types of users that are going to want to use this in VS Code. Um, it sounded like that was something they were struggling a little bit with, was really understanding their audience. And we were able to clarify a number of things for them about what CircuitPython's audience looks like, since there will be some overlap um, in that sense. So this week, uh, running this meeting, obviously, and then finishing up everything that goes with that. Um, Library Monday, uh, which is <clears throat> today, obviously. Um, I'll be going through P PRs and that sort of thing. If you have um, anything outstanding that you need me for, uh, please ping me directly, either on Discord or via email. Um, or if it's on GitHub, just ping me directly on GitHub. Um, it'll get flagged. Uh, if it's been more than 24 to 48 hours since I responded, um, feel free to ping me. There has been a lot going on, and so um, there's been a lot going on, so uh, I think some things have slipped. Um, so I would appreciate it if um, you do have outstanding stuff that you need me to take care of, please let me know. Um, it's not that I am ignoring you, it's that um, things have slipped in the massive amount of stuff going on. Uh, forum support is a Tuesday, Thursday thing for me, so that I will be doing. Um, my next uh, project is a PyBadge PyGamer general purpose wrapper library. Uh, the plan is to, if you're familiar with the Circuit Playground Express library, where it's a library that sort of puts all of the functions of the chip into, or functions of the board rather, into a single place where you can just call them. Um, we're going to be doing the same thing with PyBadge and PyGamer um, so that you can have one piece of or one library that runs all the buttons and um all the buttons and 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 accelerometer and you know the the d-pad and or um joystick uh and that sort of thing and at the moment um the name that i have come up with uh so far is pie badger um and it, that's what i'm calling it for now 
So there's that. Um, and then I need to finish up my two blog posts, um, finish up the PyCon blog post and um, start and finish the second post that I need to do. Um, but the PyBadge PyGamer uh, PyBadger library is basically my main project for the week. Um, and that is what I am up to with my status update. So next up is Maker Melissa. Hello. Okay. Uh, last week I finished adding the Orange Pi R1 to uh, page to the Orange Pi guide. Um, I added Odroid C2 support to Blinka. I tested uh, the I2S uh, microphone Raspberry Pi guide on the latest distribution. Um, I'm exploring some easier ways to add the I2S microphone to the Raspberry Pi. Um, and I will update the guide if I do find a way. And um, I'm going to, and I started handling some more of the Arduino issues and PRs, as well as doing a little bit of forum support. Um, this week, I'm going to finish the Odroid C2 guide. I'm going to, after that, I'll work on adding the Dragonboard 410C to Blinka um, and start working on a guide for that. And um, I'll be working on starting a circuit Python and Raspberry Pi write up for something coming up here. All right. And that's all I have. Excellent. Um, Mike is lurking. Uh, Mr. Certainly, do I recall that you are also lurking? I believe there was lurking due to uh, background noise. Excellent. Okay, so next up is Sedacious. So I shipped the NeoPixel U and L connectors that I put together for all the different sizes and types of NeoPixel strips. Um, that should be fun to use, making NeoPixels easier to connect together in chains and nice shapes and whatnot. Um, I finished and shipped the Jivers, Arduino, and CircuitPython for the DS3502 I2C potentiometer. It's a really cute little chip uh, that um, Katni made the board for. It's super cool, super awesome. It's really, I don't know, I think it's really awesome. Um, let's see, I also shipped a guide for the LPS35HW by adding pictures, and I am now working on bring up of the BD3491FS Rev2 or Rev B uh, that adds the EQ. I finally got all the parts I need for it. Um, and we'll be making sure it works and adding stuff to the driver for that. Let's see. I also have the VNCL4040 Arduino driver. Um, I think that was also a board that Katni worked on. Um, and um, so I'll be writing the Arduino driver for that. And then the Max 3010X, I believe, CircuitPython and Arduino drivers, both. And likely other stuff as well. That's it for me. Thanks. All right, next up is Summersoft. Hello again. Um, OK, so last week um, uh, for Adabot, Adabot uh, fixed the downloads by language uh, stats compilation. There's no more language called Sprite. Um, I added the new and updated libraries list to daily report. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Katni, it took me so long. It's all good. Um, for circuitpython.org slash libraries updates, um, I fixed the uh, typo host in the script. Um, so the script now runs successfully. Um, however, the GitHub permissions are blocking um, a direct commit push. So there's that. Mm -hmm. um, for Pi, so I got the main um, build and upload firmware, firmware on demand and then run the tests framework uh, complete. Um, if you'd like to look at an awesome log sample, that's what it currently looks like. Um, I've got the running tests and interaction working, kind of. Um, the raw REPL is nice and um, I don't know if anybody knows about the raw REPL. So basically, if you hit Control-A, you enter a REPL date. It basically just doesn't 
echo every command that you put in. It's really only for using programmatically, not um, not human interface. Um, but the way that um, the cpboard.py script that's in the core interacts with the REPL does not work with how I'm doing it. So that's kind of in work. Um, and then uh, lastly, I set up um, the basis and got it running um, the development environment for the accompanying RosyPy GitHub app um, that will be used for GitHub checks, similar to what Travis does. So next week, um, continue the good fight, as you said, with uh, circuitpython.org uh, libraries updater. Mm -hmm. um, we'll either, I figure we'll either fall back to submitting it as a PR versus a direct commit, um, or we we'll just iron out the permission issues. That's mm -hmm. mostly up to everyone that's not me. Yeah, we'll look into um, it. And then uh, for RosyPie, just keep working. I'll probably end up doing a, a RosyPie side that was a mouthful uh, interaction to work with the raw REPL as opposed to using the, uh, the CPI board in the core and then keep working on the GitHub app. All that's right. all that I currently know that I'm doing next week <laughs> or this week. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks very much. Um, and thank you for all that you've been doing. Uh, next up is Tammy Makes Things, uh, who I will read off as they are text only. Um, write, uh, write up in code for the feather wing or for the feather and a NeoPixel, uh, is at a, um, link that I believe was posted earlier, designing a circuit Python Maxbotics L7 easy for sensor for my car to avoid running into the wall when I'm parking at home because I have bad depth perception and getting my first 3d printer this week, which I'm very excited about. Excellent. Um, next up is Scott. Hello. So I've been pretty heads down in general. Uh, I was really focused on getting partial screen updating working to speed up display a, a, a whole bunch, hopefully. Um, so that's super close to being done. I have one issue where I'm leaving some pixels uh, uh, not updated when they should be. Um, so I'll be taking a look at that first thing, well, this week once I've caught up on email and stuff. Um, and then I'll continue kind of like poking at uh, different things that we need for gaming. Um, I'm working on the Celeste code that I've written and want to do some performance evaluation. And somebody just filed an issue about how performance is also slow. So I want to take kind of just a gander to see, see where we're at in that regard. Um, so I'll probably do that. I have some changes I want to make after this partial updates around uh, synchronizing with frame updates. So I'll probably do that as well. Um, in general, I've been thinking a lot about uh, video out as well. Uh, both you, Outputting video from CircuitPython up the USB link, but also uh, to HDMI. So uh, definitely kind of letting that stew in my brain for a while. Uh, we'll see when something comes up about that. And then last night, I was thinking a bit about uh, our BLE story for the second half of this year. So mm -hmm. um, a few weeks from now, I'll probably take that on. Um, but for now, it's I, I have Teardown, a presentation at Teardown in two weeks. So I'm uh, going to try to stay in the gaming gaming headspace for those two weeks and getting the, the Game Boy stuff polished up and, and actually kind of having a story about games on CircuitPython. Uh, both on the Game Boy and on the Gamer and the Pi Badge. So, um, yeah, we'll see more of that come this week, but uh, still pretty heads down. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. Next Thanks up... for running the meeting. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, scrolling back up. Next up is Brent. And maybe Brent stepped away. I will read Brent's notes. So last week, got the ESP32 SPI, got some mock methods. You can now use digital out and PWM out like API methods with any board with an ESP32 attached. Useful for stuff like GPIO expansion, smaller M4s, less GPIOs exposed, use an SP32, twiddling bits, and more. 
Uh, CircuitPython RGB LED released, super high-level RGB LED manager, similar methods with compatibility with pre-existing new pixel library, PWM out objects, PCA-based PWM expander, SysFS, PWM out, uh, Blinka, Coral boards, Orange Pi, etc. This week, early this week, currently working on bringing up physically two new boards that we haven't leaked yet, exposing the RGB LED work within Wi-Fi manager, useful for seeing the status of your HTTP requests on the airlift, featherwing, breakout, etc., and giving our old Raspberry Pi, BeagleBone Black, and DHT guide Blinka code a rework. Um, and next up is Charles. Well, I, I'm presently looking at revising my key, uh, my keyboard code to uh, use the new version of the 23017 uh, library. I, I don't know whether it's going to have any, uh, the new one's going to have any effect on my code, but I'm going to check it out because I'm getting a few little strange artifacts that may have to do with the changes. So I just, before I post any complaints, I want to make sure I, uh, make sure I uh, check out, check that out. Then uh I've been playing around with maybe uh, with a, an idea down at uh, down at work at the the weather weather center, and I hope uh, we maybe I may try to use Circuit Python for that for that project. But you know, it depends on what the boss says. Anyway, that's all I got, and uh, I just have a that's I guess I'll leave it at that for the time being. Okay. Thanks, Charles. Um, we have uh, a couple like lurkers, I believe, and then that means next up is Dan. Hello. Um, so I've been working on BLE again this uh, this past week. I've implemented um, BLE scanner, which was sort of working, but I made it work better. And I there was some. What happens is it listens for advertising packets from BLE devices. And the code to parse that was originally in C and somewhat inflexible. And now I move the parsing code into Python. So that simplifies the lower level stuff and makes it possible to do more interesting things in the rest of the library. So the basic idea here is that more and more stuff in BLEIO BLE will be kind of a thin uh, not very rich layer, and we can do a lot more stuff in Python. That's already been true of other things that I've moved from um, the C layer to the Python layer. And I'm testing that right now. I've got two NRF 52A40 boards uh, in the desktop, and it's very confusing which is which one I'm talking to, of course. <laughs> um, and once that's done, I'll move on to Central and BLEHID. So, and it's, at some point we'll have an alpha or a beta that has a library and, or a sort of version of CircuitPython and matching library so people can try this out. Okay. All right. Thanks, Dan. Um, Don is lurking. Ari Trace, do you have any status updates for us? Yes, I've been working with the uh, 1306 uh, Feather. Um, there are a number of features of the chip that are not exposed in the library, and mm -hmm. I was wondering if anybody could tell me that you know these things have been tried and not working before I start diving in with you know I to C and trying to get this all incorporated. In particular, things like scrolling and moving things around to keep from having to upload the full frame buffer every time you want to update anything on the display. Um, that is uh, definitely display related. Scott, do you have anything on that? So, I, for the SSD thirteen oh six, yeah, um, I'm actively working on display AO support that does partial screen updating. Um, that's awesome. only for display AO. And if you want to try it, let me know. I can give you a build. It mostly works. Um, there's just one niggly bug that I've got to run down. Um, I got really hamstrung thinking about how to incorporate scrolling. So I'm, I don't have scrolling support in there yet. Um, kind of tear enabled support is in that but bucket of like would be really nice to have as well. But 
um, keeping track of like whether we should actually scroll or not, and then what happens to the coordinate system is not straightforward to me. So um, I've left that for later. Uh, but yeah, for partial screen updates, it's it's working almost entirely. <laughs> so if you want to try it, let me know. I would very much like to try it. We should probably talk about this offline. Yep, I'm around all day. All right, thanks. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thank you. And I guess the other thing is I'm um, working on a strange project, which is using the BNN05. Um, we have some virtual reality applications, which for a variety of reasons, we have to have a tethered hand controller. Mm -hmm. And these are typically Bluetooth. So I'm actually using a um, Itsy Bitsy and the BNN05 to build a replacement for the VR hand controller. Wow. All right. Excellent. That's it. Well, thank you very much. And once again, welcome to the meeting. Um, and then uh, we come to Jerry. Um, yeah, spent so a bunch of time playing with the, the my new airlift other wings that came in this week. They're, they're lots of fun, plugging them into all sorts of things. One place I found that really works nicely is adding one onto my Grand Central. So that, that really becomes a great test platform because it's got all those pins and now it has Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, just in general, the, I mean, the whole SPI Wi-Fi coprocessor is really working out well, I think. And I'm uh, really excited to see all the all the developments that have occurred, you know, supporting all the work Brent's done and uh, and all the uses it's getting, the Pi portal and all that, all that stuff. So it's it's really, really taken off. It's nice to see. And, um, and I'm just, I got to find time to get back to all the things I've want to be working on BLE, Laura, display IO projects that have been sitting around waiting for some attention. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully uh, I'll have a lot more time in a few weeks. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we'll still be here. Yep. Excellent. Thank you. Um, and that was status updates. Thank you, everyone. Uh, so next up is In the Weeds. Um, in the Weeds is an opportunity for more long-form discussions of uh, any topics, um, either topics that were covered in status updates or stuff that uh, is totally unrelated. Um, we have two topics posted, uh, one from Jerry and one from Maker Melissa. So we will start with Jerry and I will turn that over to you. Okay, and, and, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but I know it's come up before. And I, I spent a fair amount of time this week working with somebody on the uh, the support for the particle argon and the uh, the AT control library. And I'm just curious if there's been any real thought, you know, into its its future. Um, are we going to keep supporting it um, at all? Uh, is it just going to, you know, go away? Should it move to, you know, community support and be, be dropped? Because, uh, you know, it's just, we're just curious what people are thinking about it. And... You know, well, that's the first piece of it. So I just didn't know if there's been any any thought or decision made about where to go with that. Um, in our discussion about it, we sort of decided to just leave it as it is for now. Um, okay. um, and I, I don't know exactly what that means for the future of it, but um, it okay. that was our decision was just to sort of leave it in place there. I think our people using it, um, if anyone wants to update it, they can, obviously. Um, but the for last Go ahead. Yeah, that brings up the next, if it's going to stay as it is, then I think there are some issues with it that could be addressed. One is, you know, there are a lot of features that might be able to be added to it to make it more capable, like the SPI interface, things that just never got added. So uh, that might be just, again, if anybody can do that. But um, the, um, yeah, okay. And then that, the other thing is that the guide, I think, the Right now, the, there's this one coprocessor guide that is really kind of a mishmash of, of dealing with the AT control and ESP32 SPI. And I do think it would be nice to to break those apart or hide the AT control one away or something because mm -hmm. there, at least unless I'm missing it, there's no dedicated guide to using the ESP32 SPI. It's sort of partially in there. And then you can go to the airlift guide, which is great. In fact, maybe that's all we really need is the airlift guide with maybe a paragraph saying, you know, if you're using a non-airlift or a non, you know, that all you have to do really is change the pinouts. Um, so I think the answer to that, so, but, but that I don't think it describes how to update the firmware, 
which is in this guide, but it's so I, I think some work could be done there. I don't know if anybody again, if anybody is looking at doing that or um, not at the moment. I think the answer to that is to potentially deprecate that guide, the um, the AT control guide, and uh, so and in that by by that I mean um, we don't like to remove guides. Um, right. Instead, we put a notice at the top that says, "Hey, check out this other guide." Um, okay, that's that'd be great. And I think I think all another guide really needs is is a section or copy of the section that says how to update the Nina firmware on an ESP32 somewhere hmm. in one of the other guides would be nice so that no one has to look at the AT control guide if they don't want to because I think it's confusing. Um, can yeah, you? I, I agree, Jerry. Um, let me know and I might add a section about updating Nina firmware because it will vary between like if you're doing it with a Pi portal or if you want to use an actual like FTDI cable to flash through like ESP spy. Some, like ESP tool rather, or you want to use mini ESP tool. So it'll be more in depth, but we could add a page. Um, I'm not sure where I would add it right now, but we could definitely add a page. Um, that'd be great. I think that'd be really, really nice. Brent, would you be able to handle deprecating the AT control guide as well? Mm -hmm. Okay, that would be fantastic. Um, all right, so I guess that at least puts together. Um, where to... and, and if anybody asks, I think, you know, uh, uh, an airlift feather wing on top of an, a feather M4 is a, a wonderful replacement mm -hmm. for the particle argon. <laughs> it really okay. works nicely. That's, that's good to know because I know we have actually gotten, um, what we keep getting is questions about CircuitPython support for the argon in terms of like wanting that functionality right. um, and being able to provide a solution for that is a good thing. Yep. Um, Excellent. Uh, thank you very much. So next up uh, is maker Melissa, and I will let you take it away. Okay, so uh, I was just kind of wondering now that CircuitPython 1 stable is out, what is the plan for moving um, forward with the rest of the displays to Display.io? By rest of the displays, you mean the like non-16-bit color? Yes. Like the monochrome ones and the e-ink displays, right? I I would like to add that support, but I don't have any concrete plans on when that's going to happen. Okay. Um, it's something that maybe you and I should just chat about uh, because I okay. think right, like the general idea is that we need to figure out the com like if it's not MIPI commands, we've got to figure out if we want to bodge the other command structure that these chips take into display itself, or maybe we have a corresponding monochrome display or some other sort of display. Mm -hmm. And then we also need to sort out um, the, like basically pixel shaders negotiation of like what the final color is mm -hmm. or, or color depth is. So like if you load, you know, like a 16 bit color, BMP, and then you want to display it on a single, you know, one bit display. How does it do that translation? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and then the question is like, do we want to be able to call out to a Python function potentially? And um, does that um, function call include like pixel coordinates? Because if you had pixel coordinates, you could do dithering, which would be really cool. Um, mm -hmm. Ink gets tricky because. I think of the red, so it's basically three color displays, but it's, yeah. really, it's really two one-bit displays in my mind, like uh. black and nothing and red and nothing. Um, and they're like, in fact, they're actually structured that way in memory as well. So like, okay, I, that's kind of why if you look in the display code, there's like, in theory, there could be multiple displays this, the groups are being output to. Um, so that's another thing to think about is like, what if an e-ink display is really just treated like two and then you have to create like parallel structures of like objects that have different pixel shaders, one for red, one for black. But I don't know. I think there's a lot sense. of, there's a lot of questions kind of that my brain hasn't solved yet. And you've done a lot more work on that stuff than I have as well. So, okay. Um, uh, I did have an idea regarding the scrolling, though, uh, and coordinates. 
Um, you could think of it kind of as like a big page, maybe even just initialize the display with a larger surface right. than it actually has. And then um, you would write to it like a canvas kind of thing, and then you kind of scroll that canvas around on the screen like a window. Uh, yeah, so that is an interesting thing to think about as well, because the chips tend to have a fixed amount of display RAM, but the display that's hooked up to it actually just is hooked up to a piece of that sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's a lot of uh, scrolling functionality built into uh, some of the displays. Um, not all of them have it, but the ones... Right. That, yeah. I think even some of them that... Even some of them that don't say they have it do actually have it. Right. It'll show um, the data sheet. And then the other tricky thing is that that scrolling is only one dimension as well. And it, um, that's true. On some of them it is. Yeah. And that can actually make it less interesting. Like the Pi Badges terminal, would I'd love to use scrolling for it, but it's the opposite direction, right? It's like the wrong direction, mm. which is one of the reasons I chose not to support it. But then, okay. then again, if we wanted to do like a side-scrolling game, left to right is the orientation of the displays on these devices, and they would obviously make it possible and faster and stuff. So, okay, I don't know. It's it's, yeah, I, it's really hard. I, I think essentially like with this new partial updating stuff, every tile grid's producing like, hey, this is where I am. So all tile grids know it's absolute screen position you could theoretically have a piece of or, or like a pass over all of those objects asking if their position is like only switched in one direction and then you could track basically how many pixels you think are scrolling in a particular direction and do that mm -hmm. um, and basically invert all your rectangles but like the problem with doing complicated things for rectangle tracking is you quickly burn up the cycles that you would just spend transmitting everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not clear to me how to do it. Um, scrolling, I think in particular is hard. I think that the, that the monochrome display support is more interesting because then we would have a consistent API and it would be easy to go between things. Um, but there is some, assumptions within the code that needs to be hammered out to do that and yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of brain dumping and and yeah if you want to take that on we should like that'd be awesome okay uh like once i land these partial display stuff like that that code shouldn't turn very much the the partial display stuff is hasn't changed it doesn't change any any APIs. It only also introduces um, what I'm calling flipping. Mm -hmm. uh, so like basically being able to sp rotate sprites. So okay. And the reason I did that is because I every time I work on this stuff, I get lost in the weeds of doing rotations of rectangles, <laughs> which is like really not simple for me to think of. And and so like when I was redoing it for the change from pixels to areas, I decided to do the flipping on a sprite by sprite basis as well. Um, okay. Basically, you have rotation at two points. You have it for the display itself, and then you have it for each individual tile grid. Um, uh, group, groups cannot be rotated. They can only be scaled and shifted, uh, which makes that math easier. Um, okay. But if you're doing, you're basically doing rotations at the top and the bottom and like I also wanted to make a guarantee that bitmaps are always traversed in row order. Um, so like the lowest level code in tile grid that fills thing, fills those areas out in the buffer, it always runs in row associative. Um, which means that like bitmap sources can then optimize for that case. Which yeah. They basically have all, they basically are already, um, and in particular, like loading a bitmap off of disk is row associative, and it's very slow if you don't do it the other way. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, lots to consider. Um, uh, but yeah, we should we should support everything. It's just a different degrees of difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we can come up with a plan with it. Okay. All right. 
Sounds great. Um, next up, we have something from Charles. Um, if you want to take it away. You don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about the, that one because uh, Summersoft pointed me to something that, uh, that might be a solution to my problems. Okay. Uh, Perfect. That one's taken care of already. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right, um, and uh, we don't have any more topics as far as I can tell, so I will go ahead and wrap up. Um, take a time code. All right, um, this has been the CircuitPython Weekly for June 10th, 2019. I want to thank everyone who participated. I want to welcome our new people who are participating. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you are listening to this later uh, there um, and, and want to join us, check out our Discord server at adafru.it slash Discord and um, join us in the CircuitPython channel. We are also there all week. So if you are uh, in a situation where you have any questions um, or just want to say hi, uh, feel free to come by. Um, again, this will be available on YouTube and also on uh, many, many podcast services. Um, and uh, I guess thank you everyone again for participating. So we will see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>